Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 280 of The Virtual Couch. I am your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, author, speaker, father of four, all of those things, and creator of The Path Back. And I cannot stress enough the momentum that is happening over at pathbackrecovery.com. We have a powerful strength-based group that is growing and growing. It's helping people get past the shame and help people stop turning to pornography as a coping mechanism while addressing the areas of their life that may not quite be in alignment with their values, their goals, their entire sense of purpose, areas that I like to call the voids, meaning that when people don't feel connected in their marriage or their parenting or their careers or their health or their faith, that is when they often turn to the siren song of an unhealthy coping mechanism. So the Path Back is a program like none other, and it is changing lives. It has changed hundreds and hundreds of people's lives. So if you are anybody that you know is struggling to put pornography behind them once and for all and become the person that they always wanted to be, the world's greatest husband or father or employer or employee or contributor to society, then go to pathbackrecovery.com and download a short ebook that describes five common myths that people fall prey to when trying to move past pornography once and for all. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And go follow me on Instagram at Virtual Couch, as well as on Facebook, Tony Overbay, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. Or just head over to tonyoverbay.com and sign up to get my newsletter and uh, go there now. Also sign up to, to find out more about the Magnetic Marriage course. The next round is coming soon. So that is it. You're going to love today's episode. My guest is one of the few people that I feel matches maybe even exceeds my own level of energy. And we are, we're going deep today. And you're going to hear me talk about something that I have never, ever talked about because before it used to bother me so bad. But with the help of my guest, it is now but a mere story along my personal journey. And I am so, so grateful for that. So let's get to today's episode of The Virtual Couch. start with a story. I am a very old man. I'm 51. I think I'm pushing 52. And I'm talking when I was in my 20s. So this is 30 years ago, older probably than my guest that I will announce very soon. And if you've already seen in the notes, it's my buddy, Preston Pugmire. Preston, are you under the age of 30? <laughs> the age of 30? I am not under the age okay. of 30, my friend. <laughs> okay. Um, but so I go back probably 25, 26 years ago, I'm with a group of friends. My wife's there with me and we go to this magician. It was in the Salt Lake area. And I remember his name was Vandermead and he brought people up on stage and he said a bunch of things and they did the classic cluck like a chicken or, or bark like a dog or that sort of thing. But one of my friends really close to me goes up on stage and they have her lock her hands together and she couldn't pull her hands apart. And I know that she was hesitant to even go up there. And finally, he just taps her on her head and she comes back down. And I said, okay, what just happened? And I've never seen this look in my whole life. She said, I have no idea what just happened. And I can still, whenever I see her today, I can say, he would say this thing, hands locking tighter and tighter. So if I say that to her, then all of a sudden she gets this weird look on her face to this day. And I always thought, man, that's fascinating. Fast forward last year. About a year and a half ago, Preston and I are preparing the materials for our magnetic marriage course. And there's a particular module that's really about taking ownership, taking control of your life. And Preston had said to me, don't tell me anything about a particular issue that maybe you have a challenge with and bring it in and we're going to film it live and, and I'm going to work this module with you. And I thought, oh, that's, that'll be cute. This will be fun. And so I bring in this thing, though, that was eat me alive. It really was. And I am telling you, by the time we were done with this module, all of a sudden, I'm now like my friend coming off the stage from Vandermead, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I have no idea what just happened, but I really don't care about this thing that was driving me crazy. And here we are, what's it been now, over a year since we probably did mm -hmm. that, Preston? And yeah. to this day, even in, in preparation for our podcast today, I tried to think about this thing and, and give it some energy, and it just isn't there. And I don't, and I've said to Preston, I don't know what voodoo you did on me, but it was amazing. And it's part of our course. And yes, this isn't the sales pitch of our course. We are about to launch another round. So we would love for you to go and sign up for it. TonyOverbay.com slash magnetic. It's coming on September 13th. 13th. Yeah, starting on the 13th. So we would love for you to do that. But I have been telling Preston, I want to get him on the podcast for so long to talk about 
this module. And so I really, Preston, I want you to drive. I want you to talk about what is the voodoo or magic that you did. Could you snap your fingers right now? And all of a sudden I'm barking, saying something weird. <laughs> okay. So I love that you're talking about this. So I'm not a hypnotist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair point. Okay. Yeah. But what I am is a, I'm a life coach for business owners and entrepreneurs and just people who are interested in designing their life. People who are interested, they're drifting, they're a little bit stuck mm. and maybe they're crushing in some areas. And then they have some things that just like a ah, little bit of blocks. And so I help them remove those blocks. But one of the things that I did with you, let's take it back to Vandermeet. I mean, like he <laughs> said, <laughs> he had her put her fingers together and clasp them. And then she couldn't unlock them. Yeah. But what I'm going to do and what we're going to do during this, this podcast is we're going to pull back the curtain we're going to reveal like what that looks like and what it means, not from the hands clasped together perspective, but from what it means to allow yourself to remove the blocks in your life, the things that you keep running over and over and over in your head, the, the parts of your life where you're stuck, either in your business or in your relationship or in your personal, I don't know, just like your relationship with your creator or in your health and fitness. These are the, the areas of life where you can get stuck and the thing that's fascinating to me is that when people have the courage to be able to understand how to take control, then it, it becomes simple. The analogy that I use is if you're driving along, you got this amazing Lamborghini, you just bought it and it's just phenomenal and you're so excited to drive it and you get in there and you go, you push the gas down and it won't go. You're like, why isn't this, what, why isn't this going? Like, it's just like, it feels like you're driving it through water. Like what's happening. So you get out and you're like, maybe it needs different fuel. So you change the octane level on the fuel. Then maybe it needs oil change. Cause it's still feeling sluggish or maybe I need new seat covers. So I get new seat covers. This is a metaphor, by the way. <laughs> and you, get, <laughs> you need new seat covers and you try that and it's not working. And you're like, ah, oh, what should I do? So it needs a different color. So you paint the thing and it just won't go, won't go, won't go. And it turns out you had the e-brake engaged the whole time. Oh, I've maybe done that before. Okay. And so point. The, the emergency brake doesn't prevent the car from moving at all. It just, if you drive it with the e-brake mm. engaged, it just makes the car smell funny. And and it just like feels like you're just, there's something you can't break through it. That's what I help people do is release the emergency break in their life so that they can use the same amount of effort. I think if you, if we release the emergency break on the Lamborghini, all of a sudden you push the gas, same amount of effort as before. Mm. Everything just works. And so if people are feeling stuck in their life, if they're feeling drifting in their life, not really sure exactly what they're doing, what their purpose is or something like that, dude, understanding how to take control, releasing that emergency break, and then being able to be intentional about yeah. what you're doing, what your values are, where you're needed to take accountability, and then just moving forward is, that's the key to be able to break through to that next level. And that's well, what we did you with just you. We did. And you just said the, the word I very much enjoy accountability. And I feel like that was the part when we dropped this module in the magnetic marriage course, I didn't realize how significant it would be. And anybody that's uh, hopefully that's listening, they've heard the episodes that we've done about the four pillars of a connected conversation and, yeah. and all those things, but you can set up that framework to have a productive conversation. But oftentimes when people are no longer uh, in tip for tap mode or pursue withdrawal, and they are having the conversation, all of a sudden there's some stuff that's getting aired. And one of the biggest pieces I didn't realize till we'd put that module in there is now somebody has to take ownership of it. Now somebody has to take yeah. accountability of what they're now, what we're putting out there. And that's why I felt like this module was, it was a lot more, it was more powerful than I anticipated. Yeah. And so with this, the thing that's really, really important is to recognize that it's not about blame. Mm. When we talk like the, what we're going to talk about today and just in your life and stuff. And when I work with my clients, we remove the word blame and fault from the conversation okay. because it, it's, you get screwed either way. Cause you're saying, Oh, I'm, when I'm blaming somebody else, I'm giving them power yeah. over my emotions, my reaction, my stuckness, my situation. Like I'm giving them that power. 
But the flip side of that, if you like picture a pendulum and over here, you take the pendulum and you put it right here. And this is unhealthy blaming of other people. And if you let it go and you're not being, you're not controlling it and create being intentional about creating what, what you're doing, then it'll swing all the way over to the other end. And then you're going to say, oh, well, I'm going to just take accountability and then blame myself. Yeah. And then you get to judge yourself super harsh. And so think about this, Tony. Have you ever blamed somebody else for something? Yes. Yes. I How does that work out for you? But it doesn't. And I feel like it's uh, sometimes that's just this impulsive thing that we do because we just, we want somebody to blame because it couldn't be somebody, us. but here's, yeah. so, but here's the thing. Have you ever blamed yourself for something? Yes. That is a very And how does thing. that work out for you? It doesn't get you anywhere either. Exactly. So this is my philosophy. You don't blame others. You don't blame yourself. This is the shift that gets to happen because what successful people and why successful, I'm talking about like happy people who are emotionally mature and able to move through life as a conscious creator. Those type of people are, (laughs) they are not people who are stuck in the blaming aspect of Mm -hmm. it. And it, because here's the thing, it's not about blame or fault. What it is, is about understanding your role in the situation. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't like, even if you weren't like at fault. And when you understand your role in the situation, remove the fault and the blame from it, then you can actually create something that, that works moving forward. Because people that are stuck, people that are unconscious, people that are reacting, people that are drifting, people that are holding grudges and not being able to live the life that they want to live, those people are stuck in the the blame cycle, whether it's with other people or with themselves. And it is a real paradigm shift to get out of the blame energy and get into the (laughs) 100% accountability. Mm -hmm. And here's a good, here's a good example of this. And we, we talk about this is with a, a red light, right? If you are at a red light and you have driven there with your pants are at 10 and two and you're, <laughs> you're driving the speed limit, you're not talking on your cell phone, you're not texting, you're just, you're being a good driver, right? Conscious driver. Then you stop at a stoplight and then boom, you get rear-ended. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Our brain wants to, and I guarantee the people that are listening to this, their brain is going to fight against what I'm about to say. Absolutely. I knew that I was thinking about this one earlier. This is, yeah. And what if I told you that it, that if you removed the word fault and I'm not Mm -hmm. talking from an insurance perspective. Yeah. Okay. Let the insurance people, let the police, let the, okay. You were parked. You were at a red light there. It's not your fault. It is their fault. But if you take that out of the equation, what it allows you to do is move forward. Because if you say, no, it's their fault. I was doing everything right. They're to blame. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, you've given all your power to them in that situation. And I am, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about insurance. So the question to ask yourself is instead of, well, what's my fault in this? You just say, what's my role in this? Yeah. And so if I ask you that, what's your role in getting rear-ended? It's so funny because even though I know where we're going with this, I still find myself wanting to say, okay, but it's really not my, but then I, it, again, it's not the word fault. The role was I was in a car sitting at a red light and a car ran into me. That was my role. I was there. I drove you were there. there. I was you there. drove there. Yeah. You yeah. were there and I've been hit. Like I've been hit in a car where it wasn't my fault from the insurance perspective, but here's the deal, man. Like you were there. And sometimes that's all it takes because Mm -hmm. if you really think about it, if you weren't there, you wouldn't have gotten. And so no no judgment, no judgment, no no, judgment, man. That's the thing is you'd be like, well, me being there didn't warrant, like that's a pretty aggressive punishment for the crime of being at that red light agreed man absolutely agreed again not what we're talking about because Mm -hmm. when you do that you go down the path of well yeah but yeah but Mm -hmm. and it turns into so this will get into what you're dealing with when we did this module in my office but like 
when you have a situation that occupies your mental state and you can easily rehearse it and you can mm -hmm. tell the story to yourself or to other people and it gives you any sort of negative energetics when you talk about like emotional energy, if it gives you any of that, then chances are you are, you're holding on to it and you're giving it power. Yeah. And so when you say, if you're at the red light, you'd be like, Oh, I was there. I got hit. What, what am I going to do about it now? What am I committed to as I move forward? What is it? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of questions you can ask yourself and we'll get into those, but I just wanted to set that up with yeah. the context of like accountability and what your role is in things so that we could have this conversation. Mm -hmm. So go for it, man. Oh. When you came in, like, <laughs> t tell me where you're at and then what you experienced as we had the accountability and the taking control yeah. situation. After a full confession here, Preston, I went and found our module and then I watched this part again because I just wanted to feel that you could feel my energy as I was describing this event that happened for the first time. And I can't even get back to that place from a negative energy standpoint. But so I shared with Preston something that I, I still have only shared it in our course but it was this experience where for six years, I ran around a track in my local city and I did that to raise money for kids and schools. Sounds very noble. And it was an entire community event. One year I ran 111 miles. The peak year was 125 miles. I would come out in a limousine somebody donated and the kids are all around the track and the, the middle school band learned to play Rocky or I had a tiger. It, it, the news was there every year. And I would run with the kids all day during their PE classes and they would all come out and, and there was photo ops and everything. And then the, at night we would have this community event, there would be food trucks and there would be a DJ and people would stay all night and run with me around this track. And there would be lights and people are playing kickball and soccer on the infield of the track and there's tents set up. And then when I finally finish and cross the finish line at 8am the next morning, then there's a community 5k that was held. And so it was an amazing event and it raised thousands of of dollars every year. It was back when there were budget cuts happening and there were threats of removing school sports and music and all kinds of art. And so we were doing this to raise money and to build this uh, sense of community. And it was one of the greatest things that I've been a part of. And it was scary when I volunteered to do it. And my kids all went through that middle school. And so they got to you know, be the person that their dad's doing this thing and running the track. And it was amazing, Preston. So that sounds cool. I can right? feel it. I can feel I know, it, right? Man. You're leading up to, <sighs> are, you, are you about to break my heart, man? Yes, I am. So okay. year seven, I'm still, I'm excited. I really am. And it's in the November timeframe. I remember very well. And I'm at a wedding reception, as a matter of fact. And the event was always in uh, April or May. So we're months before the event. And someone came up to me and they just said, hey, I don't know. I just want to I just want to let you know, give you a little heads up that there's a new, there's new people in the parent teacher organization and the new parents there. And there's new uh, administrator at the school. And I just want to let you know, they're, they're going to let you know, they don't want to do your event anymore. And I just, I was devastated because all the things I just shared with you, I've received dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of, of emails about people that were saying they finally were able to yeah. go out and exercise or, or connect with their kids. I spoke at all the schools. I would get recognized everywhere I went from people saying that's the guy that runs or that sort of thing. And so right here over a punch bowl at a wedding of somebody I barely knew, I'm being told, yeah, we don't really want you to do that anymore. Thanks. And what did it feel like, man? It, it felt horrible. And I just felt like I, I didn't even know what to say. And I remember feeling just so invalidated and un, unappreciated. I wanted to just defend myself. I went to my wife and I just said, they're taking the runaway there. And she's like, what are, what are you talking about? And I couldn't even get all the words out because I just thought, but this is what we do. This is our community thing. This is what, this is so, um, you know, this is a, a great thing. And just, I just got told, yeah, new people. And they said, it's too much work. And, and then I started feeling all of these emotions around, they think it's too much work. How about the guy running the 125 miles that also goes and, and takes time off of work the two or three weeks leading up to it and goes and speaks at all of the schools and tries to get kids motivated and then tries to get uh, people that then goes and talks to the corporations and tries to get donations. And, but they don't want to take the Friday off and go out there and right. Anyway, so you can see, I can, <laughs> there we go. I mean, even what's happening right now. I can yeah. tell you that there's elevation. It's not yeah, yeah. like you're, you're emotionally elevated, but there's a different energy behind it now than there mm -hmm. was before. Yeah. Because 
now it's remembrance mm-hmm. rather than current. Yeah. Because you, know, you can just get yourself out of it now. Absolutely. So, so one, of the, one of the things that's cool is that with people that I work with, they have, there's so many so many opportunities to have this type of a thing, mm-hmm. whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your job, whether it's with your boss, whether it's with your, your kids, so many opportunities to get elevated. And a lot of people yeah. say triggered, right? Yeah. You get triggered by things. And I am, again, I'm not talking about your fault, but when you realize and recognize your role in the situation, it allows you to take the power back emotionally that you had given to them that they didn't even know that you had given them. Yeah. They have no idea that you're feeling this way, that it's affecting you this much. I've had so many things in my life uh, with just acquaintances, with friends, with family members, things where I, they didn't know that I was giving them this power and I was allowing them to direct and dictate the direction of my life. And so that, that's what happens with drifting, man. We use that word a lot, but so often we just either are stuck or we're drifting and it's because we're waiting for something external to, to create an emotional situation for us. And so the language that I use is it's unconscious reactor versus mm-hmm. conscious creator. So when I say unconscious, what I mean is you're just simply not aware mm-hmm. um, because when we have limiting beliefs, we don't recognize them as limiting beliefs. We recognize them as observed facts. Mm. And somebody who is reacting to things in their life is thinking that they are just being acted upon by all these external sources. And they're just simply reacting to everything. But really what's happening is that they are allowing these external sources to be the origin of their emotional state. Okay. And so when you show up that way, then you're never going to be able to get out of that loop. It's a really self-reinforcing loop. And mm-hmm. it like so that's why I said it takes courage to be able to do this because like when I work with clients in next level life, what it looks like is when they are committed at a level 10, they are they have the courage to be able to say, I am going to take a look at myself and my circumstances from a completely different perspective. And that perspective is going to be the thing that's going to set me free. And it's going to break me out of the self-referencing loop that I'm in, in my life. And that's where I'm talking about being stuck or being drifting. You're just going in circles in some area of your life because you're not being intentional about it. And when I talk about designing, your life, going from drift to design. A lot of times people, it's the first time they've heard that because they just, you grow up and you, you do this and you do this and then this happens and this happens and you do what you're supposed to do. And there seems to be some sort of set uh, path for you mm-hmm. and you're just following the path. But that is somebody who is unconsciously reacting to their circumstances. And then the flip side of that is you're consciously meaning intentionally creating your circumstances and you cannot create from a victimhood state. Okay. Everything is acting from, or if everything is acting to you and at you, if you're being acted upon in every aspect of your life, then you are in a victimhood state and you cannot take accountability from that state. And then you cannot create that state. I know that a lot of things rhyme there. That's unintentional. But but yeah. So talk about what it felt like to move from unconscious reactor with this situation with the run to conscious creator, where you're taking control of your emotions. Yeah. And let me, okay. I'm, I'm going to riff here for a second because I really, I really like what you're saying. And I don't remember thinking this at the time that we did the module, but if I go into good old, my, my therapist uh, lingo of abandonment, attachment, that sort of thing. And I really do remember feeling like it didn't feel like me, even though I did feel like I was this unconscious reactor and that I was down on myself. I was sad. I was bitter. I was jaded. I felt stuck. I felt like I was uh, this kind of giving myself a pity party. Those aren't things that I do by nature. 
And so I remember feeling like that just was, it just wasn't me. And so the reason I go um, into that abandonment attachment stuff is I, I really did. And I know I've talked to you about this. It's in our course. I've done a bunch of uh, podcasts about it. When we get our attention young a certain way. So if we are typically used to getting attention by being more of a unconscious reactor where then people are saying, oh, hey, buddy, it's okay. Well, let me help you with that. Or let me, you know, yes. I know, I know a lot of people bring that energy to the table. And then, but as, and I like how you said earlier, it's not a mature way to deal with a situation or a subject. And so I really did find myself in conflict with not wanting to be this victim, but also almost recognizing this is some deep, I don't know, childhood abandonment wound or attachment wound where I'm wanting people to reach out and tell me it's going to be okay because I'm down, I'm, you know, having this pity party. That, that's yes, a trip. Dude, exactly. So uh, emotional maturity, this is the thing. It's so fascinating. It's like physical maturity happens to us. It mm. really does. No you didn't do anything to go through puberty. It just happened at you. Yeah, Same thing yeah. with all the people listening. And we become adults physically without any effort. Mm, it's just yeah. this circle of life, right? Emotional maturity does not happen automatically. It is something that it takes so much work and so much like I, I use this word so often, but you get to create it intentionally. You have, mm -hmm. if you're not doing it on purpose, it does not happen. Yeah. And so emotional maturity is the ability to ask yourself the right questions and seek self-validation instead of external validation. Yeah. And, and when you're saying like feeling good when you have a pity party and somebody's like validating your victimhood, it does feel good. I remember very clearly I was with a friend who had just broken up with a girl and I was talking to him and I call it like, I'm not going to buy your BS. Like you're mm. selling it. I'm not buying it. And so he was telling me this stuff, this whole pity party. And yeah, his heart was broken, but there was a lot of accountability that went into this. And it really, he was in the tunnel. We've all been in the tunnel where you get broken up with and you're like, just, you can't see anything. You can't see the forest for the trees, the thing. But I was in, I was really being uh, a person that was, not being harsh with him, but I was like, Hey man, like, I know you're feeling this way right now, but let's look at this from a different perspective. And I'm trying to help him see it from a different perspective. Yeah. And that different perspective that I was trying to show him was uncomfortable. And I was asking him questions that he did not want to answer right now because it would force him to not be in victimhood mode. Yeah. And I, this is, this is actually when I was in college and I was talking to him doing this and he left the room and, and he went and went somewhere and I went somewhere else too. It was like, oh, in the course of the night we ended up and like less than an hour later, I was with another group of people and he called somebody that was with me. It was in our group of friends. He called them to complain about this situation mm. because he knew that they would go all into, oh man, dude, you totally got screwed over. Like the, just yeah. buying the story, buying the BS. And when you are surrounding yourself with people, and I'm talking about like first and foremost, your own self, yeah. when you surround yourself with people who are not going to lovingly and compassionately hold you to a higher standard of excellence so that you can reach that next level, which, oh my gosh, it is uncomfortable when somebody mm -hmm. holds you to that standard. But when somebody lovingly and compassionately does that, it can be the biggest breakthrough that you've had because it gets you out of that loop, gets you out yeah. of that drifting. And, and you get to hold yourself to a conscious creator standard that is completely different than unconscious reactor standard. And you're no longer in victimhood. You're in accountability and you're in creation mode. And it doesn't mean you have to go create a business. It doesn't mean you have to go right. you know, do all these different things. What it so what did it do for you? I mean, it, talk about 
what I just discussed there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so good because I, I really what you're saying in the, it doesn't feel comfortable. I think we talk about this in the course. This is one of those things that when you brought the polarity module and accountability module to the course where we really learned we're so afraid of contention that we avoid tension altogether. And that tension, when somebody is able to really say, hey, tell me what you did there. What was your role? And that can be really uncomfortable, but that tension is where I really felt like the growth came. And that's where I felt like this aha moment when you were really saying, oh, but what role did you play? Not the fault, but what role did you play? So I really yeah. didn't feel like, and, and then it wasn't as difficult as I thought either. And, and I realized that, man, when you're getting this validation through self or validation through your accomplishments or achievements, I feel like that is a whole other level or, or version of, of accomplishment or versus the, when I'm getting my value or needs met through this kind of pity or, and, and, but again, I feel like if people, if that was the way that they grew up, is that if that was the way they got their needs met, if they weren't modeled parents, bless their hearts, who weren't taking ownership or accountability. I, I give this example often where there was a girl that I was working with and uh, she's waiting outside of this high school gym. Her mom shows up an hour or so late to pick her up. She's the last one out there. And then she, the, the kid gets in the car, the kid's angry. And the mom says, Hey, don't you raise your voice with me. Do you realize what I've been through today? And this isn't all about you. And I even thought, man, even that is modeling, not taking ownership or accountability. Instead of a mom, even just saying, I am so sorry, I lost track of time. Or I'm sorry, I'm late, or I, I get why you're frustrated. And so a lot of times, even as adults, we don't know, we haven't had this modeled and it's scary. And so we worry that if I take ownership or accountability, then I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to then take away my, my, my driver's license or my, my dad, my, <laughs> my dad's birthday. card, my birthday. birthday. Yes. <laughs> and they're, they're raiding my yeah. bank accounts and whatever else. Yeah, but instead it's like, I just say my bad and, and what that can yeah. feel like. Yeah, but it can feel like the end of the world to to, <laughs> take, yeah. to, to take to take a look. So <laughs> you're talking about looking at something from somebody else's perspective. I so I say never judge another person until you've walked a mile in their shoes, because then you have their shoes and you're a mile away. A mile away. So then you, yeah, yeah, you can judge them, and it's just, <laughs> there's no repercussions at that point. But when you it, what you're talking about is. It's asking the right questions. You want to change your life, change the questions that you're asking. I'll give you an example. Say you're in a boat and you're out in the ocean and you got 10 people on the boat and it starts to get synced, I think mm -hmm. is the correct word. The boat starts to go down. Friggin' people are running around screaming. There's wind and water and everything like that. And you see a life raft and the life raft holds a maximum of nine people. Ooh. How do you decide which person doesn't get on the boat? So what's happening in your brain? <laughs> okay, honestly, I am the world's worst swimmer and I have a pool and my wife can swim like a champ. And so I'm very insecure about my swimming ability. So I know, oh, I'm, I've got to do whatever I can to get on that boat. And okay. what sting, it stinks is if I'm on land, if somebody says, hey, there's a, a help I'm 100 miles away, Okay, I'll go. Like I'll run, but on the water, yeah. please. I would like to get on the boat first. Yeah. So you went there. You went. Oh shoot, I can't <laughs> swim. So like that. Yeah. Again, this is a hypothetical. It's a metaphor. Um, but bottom line is, think about all the listeners that are listening right now. Mm -hmm. What did you think of? Where did your brain go? Oh, how do we decide who gets on the boat? Okay. Now, mm -hmm. or how do we decide who doesn't get on the boat? Rather, really. But now think about this. You're going down. You're out in the middle of the ocean, people screaming, water and wind everywhere, and you're going down. You see a life raft, and it says maximum occupancy, nine people. How do you figure out a way to get all 10 people on that nine-person raft? I don't know. I'm so worried about but here's how the I can't thing. swim. No, okay. <laughs> again, it's a metaphor. <laughs> but where does your brain go? It goes, it opens a different door. Yeah. And it walks down a different path and you're going to get to a different answer. Mm. You want to change your life, change the questions that you're asking. If you say to yourself, how do we figure out who doesn't get on the boat? Uh, you're going to answer the question. Gotcha. 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 This is good. But if you say to yourself, how do we figure out? How do we get 10, all 10? How do uh, we get 10 people on the nine person boat? You're asking different questions. You're going to get a different answer. You're going to arrive at a different solution. And because you're thinking you're thinking at the level of the solution, not the, at the level of the problem. 
You know, so, I like what you just said there, Preston, is that I was so honestly, I'm going to sound dramatic here, but I was so focused on just the swimming part that I yeah. didn't even hear you change the question. And, oh. so I feel, and I feel like that's what people will often, they're so in fight or flight mode, or they're already yeah. like uh, down that path, uh, who knows how long. And so they're not even present or hearing the question. That's the value of a coach. That's yeah. the value of a therapist because they come in and you can, they can ask you a question that is something you've never thought of before or mm-hmm. something that's going to push you a little bit. Like I work with people who are willing to and ready to make a decision to make a change. They're not interested in the illusion of change. They're interested in actual change. And when you change the question, for example, when what, how about this? What questions were you asking yourself after the people closed down your run? run. It was all kinds of things. Like we don't, they understand the value of the run or why right. didn't they can ask me first or why didn't they go to me to find out how much work it was or those kind of yeah. things. Yeah. Valid. Valid, valuable questions. So for the listener, like if you're listening and you're thinking, okay, there's this situation or there's this circumstance with you know my life, with my money, with my relationship, something. And you, your brain will be like, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but, yeah, but they did say that. Yeah, but he did do that. Yeah, but that they did screw me over in that way. And it costs more than they said there was something like that. I'm not talking about pretending that the situation isn't there. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about asking a different question in the situation with the lifeboat. We're not talking about how do we pretend that the lifeboat or how do we pretend the boat isn't going down? Boat's freaking going down, yo. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're asking a different question so that we can get a different result. We're focused on the solution. So if you, if you ask yourself, why do I always mess this up? Or mm-hmm. if you ask yourself, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Or if you ask yourself, how can I make this better on the surface? That, that sounds like a good question, but what you're doing is you're looking for all the problems, right? Or if you say, what's, how come nobody, how come things don't work out for me? Or how come I can't seem to break through this? Okay. That is the, that is asking the question. It's the equivalent of, right. In the metaphor, yeah. it's asking this, how do we figure out who doesn't get on the lifeboat? Yeah. So you change the question and it can be a small tweak, but here, so I, here's some of the questions that I ask people in the context of the, how to take control exercise, right? The accountability exercise, there's four steps of accountability. First one, you got to just recognize that it's not about like your emotional state is not about them. It's just not yeah. like with you in the, the, the running situation, your emotional reaction to that was not about what what, it wasn't about them. It was about your reaction to it. And that's, Absolutely. that's a hard thing to get through. But the second one, here's, the, here's some of the questions. The second step is to ask different questions, which is, how did I contribute to this? So, mm-hmm. so if you say, why, do, why did they screw me over? Or why didn't they come ask me? Mm-hmm. Or why don't they know how much, how good this is for the community and all this stuff like that? Yeah, you're going to get a different question, a different answer. But if you ask yourself, how did I contribute to this? What energy did I bring to the table? And then my favorite question to ask, yeah, what was I pretending not to know? Preston, that one right there. And yeah. that's the part that I know we talk about that in the course. We've done that in the group coaching. And that's been the most powerful part, I think, of some of the group coaching calls we've done. And that's the thing I brought into my office that has been so powerful of that part right there. I've got a couple in my office and asking one of them, yeah, what... Uh, what was I pretending not to know? And I think about that one a lot. And if you go through these questions that you're asking right now too, what energy did I bring to the table? If I'm being honest with myself, I really had let the control of the entire event over the years be in the hands of someone else when the entire time, if I was being honest, I knew I probably could have. And and most likely, I, I always say, I don't want to should on myself, but I probably should have still I'd taken control of it. But I wanted other people to do it. So I could be this, I come on the track to Rocky run and I'm the hero or save the day. Now I wasn't willing to admit that at the time. So when I look back on that and what energy did I bring to the table, how did I contribute to the situation is I didn't have control of that run to begin with. I had handed that out to other people. And that was something that I wasn't willing to confront at the time that I remember so powerfully when you were taking me through this exercise that, and I had never even expressed that before. And then, so then that, what was I pretending not to know? I still remember I was pretending not to know that someday the run might end, or I was pretending not to know that other people may have a different view of 
what would raise money for the school or other people may have a a completely different energy around the concept of doing some run for 24 hours. Or I was pretending not to know that there were a lot of other people involved behind the scenes and that there, and I didn't know what their experience was. Yeah. So much there. It's perfect, man. You were ready to go for it. You were willing to do it. And (laughs) so from there you get to the third step, which is what's your lesson. So what, so once you understood like how you contributed to it, how you created it, allowed it to happen, mm-hmm. what was your lesson to take away from that? And, and I'm not even talking about like with the run necessarily. I'm just talking about your, what is the lesson to be gleaned from that for you? Yeah, for me, it really was if I wanted to make that, if I was giving it the importance that I thought that I was giving it, that I needed to take ownership of it more. Basically, I needed to take accountability or ownership for this run itself that I was pretending not to know that I could have played a much bigger role in the organization of the, the downtime during the off season, all of that. There was so much there that I needed to learn. And since that time I have, and I love that you said that because I didn't even really put that together, but in any project that I'm working on since that, since we even went through that, I've tried to say, okay, I need to make sure that I am, if, if this is a project that I feel passionate about, then I need to be involved in this project. Because if not, yeah. then I need to be willing to accept the fact that it may go a different direction. Yeah, it's, dude, perfect. And so how, and then this goes into the step four, which is what are you committed to? As you, as you had, take that lesson and implement it, what is it that you're committed to as you move forward? Yeah, and for me then it's, if I am gonna be involved in a project and I really feel like it's something that I want to invest my time and energy into, then I need to take ownership and accountability of the project and my role in it and not just sit back and just let it happen and then get, uh, I think, butthurt as the kids say, when when all of a sudden it isn't going the way I want it to. That's yeah. how, you know, I can't so believe how, that. So how has that shifted? Uh, so from last year to now, how has that shifted the way that you interact with people in your business and in your family and in your like life? Ownership, taking ownership and accountability. I felt like that was something that I was pretty good at, but I feel like I wasn't even aware of the level of things that I maybe would just pass along as something that I wasn't taking accountability or ownership yeah. of. And so now it's, it goes from everything of, if I didn't uh, get back to somebody instead of the, Oh man, I meant to get back to you. It's, Hey, I, I completely spaced responding back to your text yeah. or I didn't write that down or my bad, you know, my bad has become something that has been so powerful and every, and boy, I have to tell you too, there was a, an ecclesiastical leader that I was working with that, that I was, they were paying for someone's services and they, they owed me a little bit of money. And so I was sending this invoice out and I'm getting nothing back, nothing back. And I was starting to get really frustrated and I don't know how to be frustrated. I'm a very kind person you know, <laughs> in general. So I'm trying to muster up this, okay, this is very frustrating. And at one point, boy, he responded back and he just said, Hey, no excuses. I blew it. I just didn't respond to you. And I, I literally wrote him back and said, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I have nothing to say to that. And I really felt thank you. Or when one yeah. of my kids says, when they come in and, they're, and they say, man, I blew it. Sorry, I did this or whatever. It's like, I'm leaning in. Hey, no, I appreciate it. We're human. No, thanks yeah. for thanks for taking ownership of that. Dude, it, it, it is a game changer. And so what I do is, this is just one piece of living a next level life and being a mm-hmm. conscious creator so that you can really be on fire in your relationship and in your business and in your personal, like your connection with your creator and in your health and fitness, like the four main areas of life. When you are being intentional, you have a set of values. You have a personal mission statement. You're taking accountability for things. You're being a conscious creator. You're moving through life intentionally rather than drifting and you're designing things. That is, is that is the secret to mm-hmm. leveling up. And so it's been, it's been so fun, man. I, I began this coaching business like three and a half years ago. And to be able to work with like at a high level mm-hmm. is you see people, you change people's lives all the time. You change, you change mine, man. Like mm-hmm. I think that working with a therapist is really, really important. I work with a therapist. His name is Tony Overbay. <laughs> and, and then also working with a coach. Yeah. Like, a therapist is going to be able to assist you with what has gotten you to this point, mm-hmm. like understanding the, a lot of the origins of things. And then a coach 
helps you say, okay, now what do we do moving forward? Like a very specific set of actions and like a framework and a path to be able to like have that structure, but oh, boom, 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 boom. Now I know where I'm going, what I'm doing. And there's an energy and a purpose to how I'm approaching life in general. And so that's just, that's the one, two punch, man. It is. I'm smiling and laughing because it's like you, this, you literally coached me through this and it's game changer. And then the modules we did on polarity game changer. And I'm smiling because I can still remember when sometimes when we were talking about other things to do to, you'd say, all right, so what do I do next? Or and I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. What do you do? And you're like, no, like literally, what do I do next? I'm like, I don't know, man. So, but here's, <laughs> here's some more real cool things I can say like that motivates you. Right. You're talking about when we would we would begin yes. working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, I want, I want you to tell me. Okay, cool, cool story, bro. Like that, you you just blew my mind with what you said, yeah, yeah. and I don't know what to do with it. It's like you handed me this amazing shiny new tool, and then I'm like, but well, I don't as know a, how to build a, anything yeah. with it. Yeah, I don't know what to do with it, and so that's where I come in with with other aspects of life. I'm not an expert in the, the things that you are an expert in. And so oh, it was I, cool. I this is, that's where I do other like, things. Absolutely. So that's why I really, I couldn't wait to get you on and the timing's good. Cause we're going to, we're going to open back up the, the magnetic marriage course. And, and we've done two rounds and honestly, it's been phenomenal. It's everything I'd hoped it would be. And, and more that's cliche, but it really is. But this accountability piece did more for me personally than I ever anticipated. And I might've said this at the beginning. I don't think I gave it the energy that I wanted to, but yeah, I kind of joked about it. But when you were saying, okay, I think this would be really important to have. And I really thought, oh, it'll be nice. Preston's helped me so much put the, the four <laughs> pillars together and the connected conversation scripts. And so let's throw this accountability thing in there. But boy, it is just, when you can implement this accountability piece into your life, yeah. I feel like you, it is one of those things that uh, we call it a paradoxical intervention. It's the thing that is, you think will be the hardest thing to do actually is easier than you think. And then it becomes mm. this thing that just infects every part of your life. And so it's just amazing. It's because you're, when you operate at the level of conscious creator, mm-hmm. when you operate at the level of emotional maturity and taking control, then you're in, then you are, you're in control and you're designing and you're deciding where to go. And if people don't know exactly, they, they know that they want to know where to go. Mm-hmm. I help people figure out where they want to go. Yeah. And, by and drawing I mean, that out of them. And that's getting them out of the drift loop. So I would, I hope it is okay. I would love to put your info in show notes and that sort of thing. And people can reach 100%. out to you. 100%. Let's okay. do that. I actually just opened up a couple of spots for one-on-one. Cause like in, in a group situation with like within the magnetic marriage, it's, everybody should take the magnetic marriage course. That's mm-hmm. so good. But in the, sometimes you deserve a little bit more custom coaching. So mm-hmm. if you're ready for that, if that's something that you feel like you're ready for then definitely I've just, I've, yeah, like I said, I've opened up a couple more spots. And so I want to be able to uh, assist. If somebody is a, an audience member of Tony Overbay, then they're my people, man. Like They are. No, I totally I'm, agree. I listen to your show. I love your show. That's how I even got to meet up with you in the first place. And so yeah. if you're thinking about that, and here's the cool thing, if you're thinking about it, you know, yeah. Right now, you know, if you're drawn to this, if it's for you or not, because it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just not. But if you're ready to really step it up and get into that level 10 commitment and really figure out where you're going and what you're doing with a set of tools that's going to help you get there, then work with, work with me. Next level life coaching. I mean, so this is what you do. Go to PrestonPugmire.com or this is the, the best way to, the best way to message me mm-hmm. is on Facebook or Instagram. So it's Preston dot pugmire or just preston pugmire on on facebook or instagram just dm me and i respond to all those okay i cannot wait to to hear of then down the road somebody coming on and they're going to talk about their conscious creator story and uh, oh beautiful know, man right yeah. it'll be nice it will preston you know it is always a pleasure we talk every week and uh, i can't get enough of it so i had to bring you on i, I love it man thank you thank you thank you so yeah, much and so people can come take the magnetic marriage course and, and you're gonna get uh, preston and i doing some group coaching and it really will, it will improve your marriage. That's, that's not even enough. It will take <laughs> your marriage to the next level. And, and it yeah. will really teach you a framework, a way to communicate. And it just puts that, that passion back in the marriage. And, and now we've got a nice track record of showing how effective that can be. So we would love to have you on board with that as well. 
So Preston, if I could be so bold, I really do feel even though you were just taking me through this when we were creating the course, I, I want to give my in stamp of approval of somebody working with you one-on-one because whether you know it or not, as we've created this course, you have coached me and you have worked with me one-on-one and it really has brought a tremendous amount of new skills that I brought into my therapy office which has been phenomenal, but even more so in my life, the accountability piece that I pass along to my kids as well. And also just me being able to take ownership of a lot of even just the simplest things that I realized that I would just blow off as well. This isn't as important to to necessarily own. And so I really appreciate the work that you've done in helping me with that. If anybody is even remotely thinking about this or any of this resonated, then please reach out to Preston because I cannot recommend him enough to to help you um, really take ownership and accountability of your life. It's going to take your life to a whole different place. And I'm telling you, you only have one life to live. So (laughs) just get going on it, find that purpose and, and then just start taking action on it. And this is a huge piece. Uh, Call my friend Preston. Do it right now. Wonderful, man. Do it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, man. Okay. Thanks, Preston. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Compressed emotions flying past. Our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind. It's wonderful. Elastic waste and rubber ghost. I'm floating past the midnight hour. They push aside the that matter most Strengths and power.